Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, next week, the Chinese fast fashion company Sheen will open a pop-up store in Dublin. But before you visit, perhaps you need to have a look at a documentary currently available on all four. Untold, Inside the Sheen Machine, describes working conditions in the Sheen factory and how the website itself is designed to keep you wanting more. The director is Aman Imrani. Aman, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi. Are Sheen the last huge fast fashion company? They're by no means the last huge fast fashion company, but they are the biggest at the moment, definitely. And they are the ones that are ahead of the curve in terms of using things like technology to really up the ante in terms of selling stuff. But they're by no means the last. There are plenty of other companies who are trying to do the same thing and adopt the same model and push things further, definitely. And are they all operating in China or what parts of the world, various companies, are they actually creating the clothes in? Yes, they originate in China and they use factories in China um, and they they ship to 220 countries in the world. So they do exist in other spaces. They've got logistics and things happening in other countries. But originally, it's a Chinese company. Uh, you know, they use Chinese technology, Chinese labor, uh, but it is an international kind of juggernaut in the fashion industry because it sells so much in terms of clothes to places like Brazil, the UK and America. So it's international, but definitely at its root, it's a, it's a Chinese company. Is it? Are the clothes produced in uh, uh, several factories and are they directly controlled by Sheen or is the work contracted out? The work is contracted out. A lot of companies work like this now. They use kind of third parties uh, in order to in order to use more factories and produce more clothes, but also in order to have a bit of distance, I think. When you look at the way these things work, um, you know, by having other companies take responsibility for producing the clothes, it's interesting that that allows companies to have a degree of separation from where the clothes are made. Mm. And you did get uh, people to go into some of these factories and get hired. Uh, what kind of working conditions did uh, they discover? So we had an undercover journalist uh, going to two different uh, factories in China that provide clothes to Xi'an. Uh, we decided that it would be important to look at two factories just so that we couldn't, uh, you know, be caught in a trap of saying, oh, well, this was one exception. So we looked in two different factories and the results are pretty much the same. Uh, on the whole, workers in these factories are given one day off a month, if that, if they're lucky. Uh, somebody does say in the video, there is no such thing as a Sunday here. Um, a lot of people come a long way from where they've lived to go and work in these factories, and they're put in dormitories, many of these people. The dormitories, uh, you have lots of people living together. People uh, find that the, the dorms haven't been very clean. You're working up to 18 hours a day, in some cases, you know, potentially even more, because there's an incentive to work really hard in order to hit the numbers and make a living wage. You have to produce 500 items a day to get the basic minimum wage that you're supposed to be getting. Um, so there were lots of different pieces of information that came out. And the other really kind of shocking thing was that um, the first month's pay is held by the factory and you are deducted from that pay, uh, you know, if you make any mistakes on items of clothing that you're making, which I found really, really shocking. It wasn't something that we knew before we went into this. Under Chinese law, is that legal? 
No, no, it's, it's definitely not legal. The weekends, the hours, uh, and, and many other points that we've, we've addressed in the documentary are not legal. Hence why when we raise it to Sheehan, it's very important, you know, that they understand that this isn't just about opinion. It's not just about somebody saying, oh, you shouldn't, shouldn't have to work those hours. That's really difficult. It's actually against the law in China. Mm. Now, they also seem to have a policy in terms of marketing the clothes by using influencers, but not influencers who have a huge following. Yes. Um, with Shein, one of the things it does is it does these, uh, one of the most successful kind of points it has on social media is Shein Hall. So there's a hashtag, Shein Hall. If you type that right now into Instagram, you will get so many videos of young women buying a, a bunch of clothes from Shein or, or being gifted clothes from Shein. That's how they work with influencers. They gift them the clothes and they try them on and it's a very simple video format but it encourages young women to buy lots of clothes and try them on and, and try different styles and, and that's a very kind of successful method they've had in terms of marketing their clothes and they particularly target young women with small, they call them micro-influencers with small audiences of maybe 10,000, which, you know, some people are quite a big number, but it's smaller than, you know, people with hundreds of thousands. Um, and they they find that young women watching other women with 10,000 followers approximately feel quite close to those women, and that's a very effective way of marketing the clothes. Yeah, and on the website itself, how are the algorithms operating to try and push people into making purchases? Yes, well, when you go to the website, when you look at the Shein website, straight away, it's very in-your-face with the sensory overload. There are, you know, moving parts of the screen, banners. There are countdowns everywhere. Countdown saying, if you order within the next hour, you'll get uh, free shipping. Or, you know, there's a flash sale in this section here. And as you look at the screen, it's just overwhelming how many things it's kind of telling you to look at, but also that sense of urgency that it's trying to put on, put on you. You can't just go on the website and think you're going to have a little browse. As soon as you're there, there's a sense, it's giving you the sense of, well, I'd say kind of scarcity, but also um, kind of pushing to say that you don't have time. And if you actually take a step back and you look at the number of clothes that Shein are making per day, or the number of clothes that they're putting on their website, you couldn't possibly get through them. There's so many clothes. But it's actually quite mad that they're saying, oh, you're going to run out of time here because there's a seemingly seemingly endless kind of mountain of clothes which they're trying to sell every day. About how much money is, is Sheen making every year? Well, earlier in the year, the, the company was valued at $100 billion. Um, so it is, it is, of all of the fashion brands at the moment, fast fashion particularly, it's the biggest one. Um, but they are also quite opaque about you know how much money exactly they're making a lot of these a lot of these numbers and statistics are quite hard to get your hands on to be honest with you because they don't really want people to know how much money they're making and how much they are selling because it's such a huge amount Iman Amrani is uh, the director of Untold Inside the Sheen Machine which is now streaming on all four Iman thank you very much thank you so much you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. After that, the Richard Harris Archive. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.